The Bible Study Podcast, episode 424. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Matthew with chapter 8. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with chapter 8 here, with the third story of chapter 8, starting in verse 14, where Jesus heals many. You may recall that last week we dealt with Jesus healing a leper and then also the servant of a very faithful centurion. Uh, It's easy for me to remember that because I'm actually recording four episodes all at the same time, so I'm getting ready for vacation here. Matthew 8. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in a bed with fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases." A couple interesting things in there. Uh, one, Peter was married. Peter had a mother-in-law. My apologies to my Catholic brother, and that may come as a surprise. But we do know that all the disciples, uh, Paul tells us at one point, besides, I think he and Barnabas were married, all the apostles, rather. And so Jesus comes into Peter's house, and he finds Peter's mother-in-law sick. Now, of course, that means that Peter is living with his mother-in-law, which is quite common. That probably means that his father-in-law has died, and therefore he is caring for her, or his family is caring for her, which would be the normal thing to happen. And he finds her sick, and so he heals her, because that is what Jesus does. And it's interesting, though, that Matthew points out that after she's healed, she goes to work. She begins to wait on Jesus. We are healed so that we can serve. We are saved so that we can serve. Jesus intends for us to do something with this gift that he has given us. And Peter's mother-in-law knew that very well. And so she got up out of her sick bed and started waiting on Jesus. And of course, word gets out that Jesus is in town. Remember that a whole crowd of people followed him down from the mountainside where he just gave the Sermon on the Mount? Fairly recently, probably. They brought him demon-possessed man, and he healed them. They brought him sick, and he healed them. And so Matthew points out that this is what Messiah is supposed to do. Matthew, who's writing to the Jews, starts quoting from the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Because he's making his case that this Jesus is the Messiah you've been looking for. Look what he is doing. It's the same case that Jesus makes to John the Baptist in the Gospel of Luke when he sends his disciples and says, Are you the one or should we send another? He says, Look what's happening. Look what Jesus is doing. Continues on, When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. The cost of following Jesus is what this section has been named, this is what this section has been labeled by those people who label things in Bibles. And it seems very harsh. 
Now, remember the story that we had at the beginning of Matthew. I know we're halfway through here, so it may be a long time ago. Jesus called people like Matthew. Remember who's writing this gospel, Levi or Matthew. He called him as he was doing his job at the table full of money, collecting the taxes. And he got up and followed. Peter and Andrew, John and James called while they were fishing and they left their nets and followed him. They dropped everything to follow Jesus. So Matthew may be a little less sympathetic to these people who have excuses. The first one actually doesn't have excuses. Lord, I'll follow you everywhere. That sounds great. And yet... Jesus feels the need to turn to this man and say, but I have no place. I think wanting this man to understand what he was getting himself into, whether he followed or not, it doesn't say. I'll follow you wherever you go. He says, okay, but I don't have any place. Do you realize what you're getting into following me? It could be dangerous. It could change your life completely. That is still true. When we follow Jesus, it's not a follow Jesus and things go on the way they have been. It's a follow Jesus instead. Things are going to change. We're under new management. How harsh, though. Lord, first let me go bury my father. He says, follow me. He says, oh, got to go bury my father. Now, some commentators say his father may not be dead yet. Possibly, possibly not. It doesn't say in the Bible. But Jesus says, there are some things that are more important. And following Jesus is the first one in the order of importance over everything. Even things that sound pretty darn important, like like burying my father. That sounds pretty serious. That sounds like Jesus intends for us to take him pretty seriously. Again, like that person who's saying, I'll follow you everywhere. He says, do you know what you're getting into? That's the level of importance we're talking about. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and was completely calm. And it was completely calm. The men were amazed and said, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Remember that whole section here about follow and not follow. It said Jesus was giving orders to cross the lake. So all of that happened on the shore here, right in front of the boats. And should you follow or not follow? And the boat is leaving. Literally, the boat is pulling out. And I've asked you to come. But he gets in the boat, falls asleep because, boy, there's been a lot going on. There's been healing. There's been demon possession. There's been teaching. And so he does what he needs to do at this point. He falls asleep and a storm kicks in. They wake him up and they say, Lord, we're going to drown. And he stops the winds and the waves. Now, we've been talking about authority, the authority that the people saw at the end of 
the Sermon on the Mount, the authority that the centurion recognized, Jesus, I understand authority. You say the word and my servant is healed. And the disciples saw all that, but they weren't ready for this. They weren't ready for this kind of authority. Who is this man? Notice is what they say. Who is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. This Jesus has more authority even than we imagined. And we'll wrap up here, chapter 8, with this last story. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into town, and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. Bizarre story, strange story, lots of pigs. Two demon-possessed men who recognized Jesus because they were there before the incarnation to see the Son of God. And they say, and this is interesting, Did you come here to torture us before the appointed time? And this is something that's important to know, is that apparently even the demons know that their time is limited. Even the demons know that there is an appointed time, that they're living on borrowed time. And they said, did you come to torture us before the appointed time? He said, why did you let us go in the pigs? And so he does. Why? I don't know. Not a big fan of pigs, apparently. They're not kosher animals. He's in a region that is obviously not kosher. This is not a Jewish region here on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And so the pigs go and they drown themselves. And the town comes out and they says, you know, we would just as soon you left. Jesus has authority even over the demonic. Jesus has authority. And frankly, thank you very much. Sometimes there are people sometimes us, who wish that Jesus and his authority would just take a hike. Because it upsets things, it changes things, and it changes things sometimes in ways we are not comfortable with. What is the cost of following him? With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If if you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram as Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.